welcome to the Onside Kick Family Hour. I'm your host, Ryan Van Biver. With me, as always, Stephen White. Stephen, how was your holiday, man? It was actually pretty good. Uh, a little under the weather right now, but I'm making it. How about yours? Oh, you know, I it was pretty good. And, you know, judging, I went to the gym for the first time in a couple weeks yesterday, and judging by the results of that, it was maybe a little too good, but here we are. So. But yeah, it was a good holiday, and glad to be back, and I'm glad it's playoff time. Playoffs! Playoffs! <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, real quick, I, we were talking about this before the show. There's also the little matter of Black Monday that happens this time of year. So, I guess the biggest surprise for me with all the coaching changes was just that there weren't as many as we thought there might be. Right. Um, especially the situation in Cincinnati. Yeah. That was a little comical. Because. You know, it just seemed like both the team and the coach were mutually parting ways. Yeah. And in a kind of way, you know, just like that old flame you can't get rid of. <laughs> <laughs> they just kiss and make up and go back again. So, I, you know, I, I don't know what to even make of that uh, two-year extension for Marvin Lewis. Um, but, you know. That's the NFL for you. Yeah, I mean, I guess to me, I just like, well, that's just like, that screams Mike Brown. So, I mean, I guess that's probably all you need to know about that. If you, if you, don't, right. like, it, if you don't like change. And, but you know what? The thing is, like, we, we, Marvin Lewis being there for so long has kind of, I think, um, led us to forget just how hard he is to work with normally. Yeah. Like, normally, coaches would be willing to get out of Cincinnati just because they wouldn't uh, spend the money for players. They would clash with Mike Brown. But some kind of way, along comes Marvin Lewis, and they had a measure of success until the last couple of years. Uh, didn't really have a playoff success, but still kind of brought the franchise back to respectability. But, but above and beyond everything else, they actually found a way to get a loan for this loan. Yeah. And, so, I mean, who really would have been lining up for that Bengals job? I, I have a sneaky suspicion that if Marvin Lewis had went ahead and walked away, um, they would have ended up with a coach who got turned down by several other teams. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. And now it's interesting, too, because they're going to lose their defensive coordinator, Paul Gunther. Well, I mean, <laughs> I didn't see anything that made me think that he was indispensable. No, uh, he's so, still like I, summer. I, right, I mean, I'm just going to say I don't think it's going to be that big of a loss. <laughs> no, and, and who knows? Maybe, uh, maybe he'll win a playoff game one of these days. <laughs> maybe. Right. No, look, if Marvin Lewis gets a real good defensive hire in there, you never know. I yep. mean, he still has uh, a really good wide receiver, some really good running back, a quarterback who can be good on some days. So, I mean, you just never know. It was good enough to get the Bills in the playoffs. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I guess the other, like, the other big coaching news is kind of what's going on in Oakland. I was a little surprised to see, I didn't think Del Rio would get fired, but then, you know, he, hearing some of the stuff that came out in the aftermath of that. Now, obviously, 
you know, you got to consider the source with that kind of information. But hearing some of the stuff that came out, it wasn't quite as surprising in the end that Del Rio got pushed out. And it sounds like they're actually someone's actually going to get Gruden back into coaching. I still don't believe it. I, it's, I won't believe it until they're having the press conference and he's actually sitting at the table <laughs> explaining why he left the you know the easiest job in America with the, all the jobs here in the world to come back to coaching. Yeah. I, I just I'm not gonna believe it until then. Yeah, it's dumb. i like, I and just to still be so coy about it. And I know part of that is, you know, the like the rules and stuff around hiring coaches, but. Yeah, just like if he does, if he actually signs a contract, like who's going to be like who's who's going to be the big white whale next year? <laughs> when we know who we're, we're gonna, what are we going to do without our John Gruden rumors in October? I mean, I'm sure somebody will step up to the plate and, and start <laughs> getting those same rumors going. But just, I, I I I don't believe it. I do not believe. I mean, why would you do that? Why? I mean, he, he, of all people, knows that coaches don't have any kind of job security. Yeah. They're, they're, uh, coaches are basically vagrants by nature. They have to move around yeah. over and over. And why would you want to do that? I know his kids are older now, but still, I, I just I, I don't get it. You know, and, and you can love football all you want to. This just doesn't make any sense to me. Well, and like if you love football, you he's kind of got like the best deal in the whole fucking business, right? <laughs> I mean, like you still you're around football nine months out of the year, more than that, I guess, because he does all the stuff around the draft. But you know, ten months, eleven months out of the year, you're doing football stuff, and without the stress of staying up till three a.m. every night to uh, you know put the finishing touches on a game plan. You don't have to win anything. Exactly. If you're John Gruden, just by showing up every week, you win. You just look at your bank account. You already winning every week. You are undefeated every single season if you're the host of Monday Night Football. One night a week. One night a week. And you got a whole team of researchers and producers, so you don't even have to do all the research yourself. You don't have to watch all the film. You can get somebody to give you all kind of spreadsheets and printouts or cutouts or just the plays you want. How can you beat that? How? <laughs> I, I, don't I, I, don't, I don't get it. I mean, because it, 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 he could work until literally... He just decides. I mean, he can work that job for the next 20, 30 years. Yeah. And be undefeated every single payday. Yeah. <laughs> He's trying to go to post. I mean, and y'all already know that, uh, I mean, ain't nothing guaranteed out there. So, I mean, it's not like you stepping into a weak division that doesn't have some good quarterbacks already in it. Yeah. I just, I, I don't get the move. I really don't. Uh, it's uh, like you say. We'll see what happens when it all actually shakes out. But yeah, I, I don't either. I just like, and, and and the team that's moving too. I mean, they're like they're relocating in a couple years, and like I know that that's like he's not the one that has to pack the trucks, but it's not the easiest thing in the world to have to go through. They're going to Vegas. Can you imagine the headaches he's gonna have coaching a team in Vegas? <laughs> Vegas? Uh, 
I just don't see it. I don't see it. I don't either. I don't either. It's uh, it's an interesting story. And then, too, if he does coach, if he does end up going back into this, and he's still going to do, he's got a game this weekend. He's going to be working the Chiefs-Titans game on Saturday because ESPN ABC has that broadcast. So, you know, that's a uh, – I'm not like – you know, I know some of the Chiefs fans out there were kind of conspiracy-minded about it. But, I mean, like if the guy wants to see – Chiefs, he's already seen the Chiefs this year. That's not that big of a deal. But just an interesting, it's like you're going to go literally one week in the booth to maybe next week into the coach's office. So, Yeah, if I'm the Chiefs, I'm not even sending anybody to his interviews. We ain't telling him shit. Yeah. I don't care about conspiracies. I don't care about being paranoid. If he's going to be coaching in my division, then fuck you. Okay? <laughs> You can do this broadcast, just, you know, watch your film and figure it out that way. Yeah. But I'll be definitely going to give you any kind of insight to any aspect of my team, knowing that you are probably going to be coaching against me next year. It's really, it, these are some, like, blurry ethical lines here, especially if ESPN already has an indication that he is, in fact, going to leave the booth. Yeah. They should themselves pull him in, in that in that scenario. And if they don't know, then you have to wonder, like, how do they feel about all this playing out in front of them? They're doing the reporting on it, but he hasn't told them anything either. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah that, you know what? That was kind of the most unusual part of this is, like, this wasn't the – this was Schefter and Mortensen from ESPN reporting it. It wasn't the usual – you know, usually those the groomers start on a much different level of the media, you know, not with, like, the Schefter level of insider, but – this came this came from him. Exactly. And he could have easily shot it down. <laughs> Just yeah. walk right down. Oh, hey, Adam, <laughs> you got it all wrong, buddy. Yep. <laughs> but, I still, but I still don't believe it. I still don't believe it. No. I still see a press release from ESPN saying he got a raise before we see a press conference where he's introduced as the latest coach. I just don't believe it. <laughs> Well, maybe <laughs> if if supposedly they were going to offer him an ownership stake, maybe ESPN will up his stock options or something like shit. Maybe they'll put him in a Marvel movie, and that's what he's gaming. Right, exactly. <laughs> you know, there's got to be some kind of superhero that's short and looks crazy <laughs> that he'll fit right in. I mean, <laughs> I mean Rocket probably would have been perfect, but it's already been cast. <laughs> If he shows up in the Avengers, you know, within with the next right. Infinity War, we'll, we'll see what's going on. Yeah, <laughs> oh man, ah, oh, Stephen. All right, I, you know, that's that's the coaching carousel. I mean, it's kind of the same thing every year. The the usual suspects, and we'll have more to say about this as the hirings start to happen down the road. But I want to get into the playoffs because I tell you what, I am ready for the playoffs. I We went through another season. We watched all those Thursday night games. And now we get games that actually start to matter. And it's a pretty good lineup this weekend, too. Now I say that, but, like, I think, I, I mean, like, there's not a game on the list that I'm not looking forward to, you know? Right. And, and um, for me, there isn't a game where I'm 100% sure which team's going to win. Like, yeah. I, I, there's a lot of games in there that I think are going to come right down to the wire. 
And so I think we're going to have a bunch of games this week that are close. I wouldn't necessarily say good, <laughs> per se, because it might just be some bad offense. That's yeah. the game. But I just really think all four of those games can come right down to the wire, and I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, I am too. And I, what the first game of the weekend, I think, is the one that, like, for me at any rate, the one that was the easiest for me to pick. And in, like I say, I'm putting easy in air quotes because I'm still not – I mean, I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't wouldn't bet the mortgage on it or anything like that. But um, the Chiefs-Titans game. Uh, it looks like we all went for KC in that game, but I feel like there's a way for Tennessee here. Oh, absolutely. And, and really, I think in the, in the first round, I just went with the home team. Yeah. Because I felt all the teams were evenly matched pretty, for the most part. And that if, you know, if breaks went one way or the other, either team could win. And so I just favored the home team because usually the crowd's into it and that can affect the game plan, you know, guys jumping outside or yeah. or guys being late out of their stand uh, on third down. But by the very nature of saying that they're so evenly matched, that means, again, a break here, a break there, the Titans definitely have enough talent to win. And kind of quiet attempt, and I talked this going into uh, last week's game against the Jags, um, Murray getting hurt might have been the best thing for them. Yeah. Uh, as a team, obviously you'll never want to see a guy get hurt. Um, but they're a backup running back. What's his name? Uh, the kid from Alabama. Uh, uh, Henry, Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry is a beast. Yeah, and they have been able to feed him exclusively because they always have Murray and him splitting time. But Henry is the type of guy that the more you feed him, the stronger he gets, and the more he wears down the opposing defense, even a good defense like the Jaguars. And he is much faster than I was led to believe before he got drafted this spring. So yeah. everybody's telling me he's slow and all that. I don't see it. He has some wheels when he gets out in the open field. And so, I, you know, I hate to say it, but it might, again, benefit them if Murray can't go or if he's not 100%. And they uh, feed Derrick Henry against Kansas City. He definitely has the ability to wear that team down and then make a big play in the third or fourth quarter. So that's something that I'll be watching real close in this game, just how much they use Henry in the run game and in the passing game. Yeah. Well, and you know, too, you know, one thing I noticed – with the with the Titans game against the Jaguars last week, and I don't want to read too much into it just because it was week 17 and, you know, the Jags had their playoff spot locked up, obviously. But, you know, they did a pretty good job shutting down that run game. And, like, to me, that's sort of, you know, th- that could be a big deal against Kansas City if they can repeat that. Like, if you shut down Kareem Hunt, it's a lot harder for the Chiefs to win that game. Absolutely. Unfortunately, I... Just do not trust the Titans defense. <laughs> never have, never will. They may surprise me in a positive way, but they're never going to surprise me again in a negative way. Because, you know, at one point I did trust them, and every time I put my trust in them, they kind of let me down. So, uh, you know, they may well go out there and shut down Kareem Hunt, but I wouldn't put money on it if I was you. Yeah, no, 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 no. Absolutely not. And, and and the Chiefs, to their credit, I mean, I think that, you know, they looked pretty good 
overcoming that slump they went through in the middle of the season. I mean, they didn't just kind of win those games after that fluky. I mean, they, you know, won them pretty convincingly. And they even won that one without Marcus Peters, which I thought was probably a tall order for him, but they did it anyway. Right. And, look, they've had some pretty big losses, especially on on defense this season. Uh, You talk about Eric Berry being out. D4, who was coming into his own, he's out. And so they've had a hard time kind of replacing those guys, too. But towards the end of the season, they were playing better. Yeah. You know, Marcus Peters, as you said, off that off that suspension, and he's playing better. Yeah. The real reason they picked up at the end of the season is actually starting to look more like himself. Yeah. After, you know, kind of stiff the first few games, he looks to really, you know, have integrated himself into their defense. And so they are playing pretty well right now. And we know that Tyreek Hill and and Alex Smith are the X factors. Tyreek yeah. Hill is going to get open. It's just about it if Alex Smith is going to pull the trigger. Yeah. And if he pulls the trigger, I mean, they could blow the Titans up. But we know that Alex Smith just isn't quick to pull it. <laughs> yeah, and that's, that's kind of a key thing here. Right. I, I feel like it, it, the game will go by whether or not Tyreek Hill gets at least one long uh, reception. If he doesn't, I don't think they win. If he does, I think they win. Playing the That's a good point. That's that's a pretty good assessment of it there. That's that's a good way to put it. Um, let's move on to the second game on Saturday. This is an interesting one I, for me personally, and I just think that the way these teams match up is kind of interesting. Um, the Falcons at the Rams. Man, that was a hard one for me to pick. Yeah, yeah. With so Atlanta having gone all the way to the Super Bowl and really should have won. Yes, I'm a real salt in the wound. This is my wound. <laughs> Almost uh, 28 to 3. Yes, we all know. Okay. <laughs> so so you would think, you know, this is a young Rams team. I don't think they have anybody with playoff experience on their team. Maybe the left tackle, I'm not sure. But uh, that's a young team. And so you kind of usually favor – the more veteran teams, the team that's been in the playoffs before. But, man, I, I tell you what, everybody's looking at Jared Goff and, uh, you know, that offense and how much they improved this year. Uh, to me, I think the key is going to be the Rams' defense. Yeah. Because I really don't think the Falcons is gonna be, are going to be able to block Aaron Donald. I really don't. I think that on this stage, with all eyes on him, the very few, you know, 2% of people in the nation that aren't familiar with Aaron Donald are going to get very acquainted with him this weekend. <laughs> and so um, that's really my key. That all, everything else being equal, I think the, the Falcons have a pretty good chance to go and beat the Rams on their home turf. But I just think Aaron Donald is going to have himself a day. And Matt Ryan is going to do what Matt Ryan does when he's on the pressure. He's going to crack. Yeah. Yeah, and I was telling somebody earlier today. I just, I, I just don't trust that Steve Sarkeesian, Sarkeesian magic. You know, it's just not. Despite multiple chances to improve, it just they always they're just in love with for some reason with some five yard Julio hitch route. You know, right? I mean, it, it, this is not Rocky Sun. It really isn't. Uh, you know, guy down the field <laughs> and, and throw it up to him. Yeah. He's gonna go. He does it all the time. 
But you know, somehow, some way, she starts start teasing and thinks she's going to fool everybody with these hitch rides. <laughs> you know? <laughs> so, to this time, uh, <laughs> I mean, you know, so we'll see again. There's definitely not to pick the Falcons also because they employ Steve Sarkeesian as their offensive coordinator. <laughs> yeah, that is a good, good reason. I know it's it's interesting, though, to, to go back to something you mentioned right off the bat with this game is the youth on the Rams. And, and you know, they're like their head coach is pretty young fella, too. I mean, what, he's in his early 30s. I mean, I don't even remember my early 30s at this point in my life. And that's pretty amazing to be first-year head coach coaching, you know, the third seed in the NFC uh, in the playoffs this year. That's, uh, you know, I don't like to give too much credit to those X-factor type, those, you know, those uh, those uh, factors like that. But, you know, experience does matter in the playoffs. It does, uh, because it's going to be an atmosphere that you really haven't experienced before. But on the Rams side, they're going to be at home. Yeah. And most of what they haven't experienced yet is going to be a positive thing for them this weekend. Now, if they're going on the road, I think it'll be a much be a much different deal because playoff crowds they are just almost totally different from regular season crowds. Yeah, those guys get looking up four or five hours for the game, and by the time the game comes, they are super lit. Yeah, so you know, tell them what's going to happen in the stands during the game anyway. Right, but yeah. most of the stuff is going to be positive for them. They're going to be ones getting the cheers. Falcons fans, are, uh, I mean, the Falcons are going to be ones getting booed. Yeah. So in case that actually may be something that helps them raise their level up, just hearing that. I mean, when I first heard a home playoff crowd in Tampa, mm-hmm. you know, Tampa they had never won before, it was incredible, and so I imagine. That's how the Rams are going to be this weekend as well. Yeah. Yeah, it ought to be interesting. I mean, you know, I'm really looking forward to that game. I think that'll – I mean, I'm looking forward to all these games, but that's the one I'm really kind of – I am – that's appointment television for me this week, so. But that's not to say because the next game on the list is one I'm also looking forward to quite a bit too because this is a team we've talked up on this show quite a bit, and that's the Jaguars – Hosting the Bills. It's like the all playoff drought breaker game here. Right. And so you got two long suffering fan bases, and at least one of them is going to be happy at the end of the day. Um, <laughs> just not sure who. Now, the thing of it is, when we first picked this game, I hadn't heard anything about a bomb. What is that? A bomb, bomb cyclone. Cyclone, bomb apocalypse, whatever. <laughs> Uh, you know, they got some the day after tomorrow shit going on on the East Coast right now. <laughs> and evidently, you know, Jacksonville is going to feel like Buffalo. <laughs> you know, the Bills might get shocked by a little sun, you know, down there in, in, in Jacksonville. I was expecting to be a little bit warmer. So now I'm kind of confused. Like, will Buffalo, you know, now that it's going to be cold this weekend, will they play a little bit better? Hmm. Will the Jags? who are used to playing in warm weather, be able to, you know, step it up in the cold. I don't know. Those things are real factors. Yeah. You act like they aren't, but I can tell you as somebody who played in them, yes, it is. Yeah. So we'll see. Um, you know, I, I favor uh, the Jags in this one, but it's one of, another one of those games is just so evenly matched. 
a play here, a play there, and all of a sudden the Jaguars look a little vulnerable after the last couple of weeks. Yeah. You know, the defense blows the gaskets in week 16. Uh, last week, they can't close out the Tennessee Titans. And so it'll be interesting to see. To me, I, 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 I'm watching that defense yeah. because all of a sudden this defense that I thought was one of the best we've ever seen, you know, teams are actually making plays on it. So, you know, it'd be interesting to see what kind of adjustments they make heading into this game. Yeah. What's your key to this one? Or keys, if that's the case. Jake Bortles. Every game he plays, <laughs> what a Jacksonville that was, he's going to come down to Blake Bortles. Yeah. See, the, 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 the thing is, that, like I said a few weeks back, Bortles started playing with, playing with confidence again. Mm-hmm. And throwing the football confidence again and that's what was missing in the preseason when he looked awful yeah. it just looked like throwing it and hoping that the ball got there towards the end of the season for whatever reason he got his confidence back and started throwing with confidence and you and can tell unfortunately Blake Bortles is the type of guy that would throw into triple coverage with confidence so <laughs> You know, once he got his confidence back, he started back thinking, oh, I can thread this in there. Yeah. And that's just the case. And so it's, it's kind of that double-edged sword, right? He had no chance of making plays when he was throwing without confidence. But now that he has confidence, he might just throw it in the triple cut. <laughs> so the key to me is going to be whether he turn the, turns the football over or not. If Blake Boyles can go through this game without an interception, without, uh, uh, you know, having a fumble, that that uh, that they pick up, I think the Jaguars win hands down. If he has even a single turnover, though, I think the Bills are going to win. Yeah, because Blake Bortles never turns the football over just once. <laughs> <laughs> if he throws one interception, you can best believe that nothing was coming real soon. <laughs> Yeah, and it's too, like, I. there's no, like, I'd be surprised if he didn't play, but it sounds like Shady McCoy is just not going to be 100% this week either. Right, and, but you know what, like I said, I don't even think about it. Yeah. I, I don't think about it. Blake Bortles is either going to kind of win the game for them, or he's going to throw them right out of it. Either <laughs> way, whether the plays or not. So, you know, it's. Obviously, in Shady plays, we know what kind of talent he has, um, but really doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I mean, I, I think the Bills will have enough to win if Blake is, is turning the football over. If Blake isn't turning the football over, I don't think Shady would make that much of a difference either. Yeah. Man, I like I, I hear if Duvall's listening to this, I'm, I'm – I'm I'm pulling for Blake Bortles this week. We got you, Duvall. <laughs> right, but I mean, imagine being a Jag fan and having to rely on Blake Bortles. That's misery for your ass right there. <laughs> you know what's going to happen. He's either going to throw him out of the playoffs this week or next or at some point, or he's going to have one of those Flacco-like runs in the playoffs and then... <laughs> Get some $120 million contract extension. There is no answer point because I'm telling you, they can't win in spite of Blake Bortles. They cannot because Blake Bortles doesn't know how to just throw one interception or just have one fumble. 
When he it's bad for him, it is awful. But lately, when it's good for him, it's been pretty damn good too. Yeah. So yeah. To see which which Blake Bortles he get. <laughs> He's like a lace potato chip. No one can throw just one interception. I mean, seriously. <laughs> Oh, that ought to be. I, I'm telling you what, though, that's going to be an interesting one to watch. And I don't know. It'll be a <laughs> the the first Duval playoff game in a long ass time, man. It, it, it ought to be. A, ought to be. A, it ought to be a good. Not to miss. That that's a must see TV, as they say. All right, here's the one that was the hardest one to pick for me. Like I say, none of them were real, just real fucking easy to pick. But the toughest one for me was the Panthers at the Saints. Now, I picked the Saints just because, you know, something you said earlier, the home field advantage thing I think is probably enough to give them the edge in this one. But it's, I mean, this is a, this could be a pretty close game. I think it will be. I, I think it will be. Um, at the end of the day, man, it's hard to pick against uh, those two running backs for the Saints. Yeah. Talk about Mark Ingram and uh, the kid from Tennessee, Alvin Kamara. Uh, Alvin Kamara, those two guys. I mean, they broke a record, I think, of the uh, yards from scrimmage for two teammates. I think. Yeah. And, and they're both they're different kinds of backs, but they're both just so damn good. And the thing about it is, you can use both of them in a variety of ways. It's not like a lightning and thunder type deal because you know Kamara. He's a shifty guy, but he can run between the tackles too. And Mark Ingram is more of a straight-ahead guy, but you can use him out of the backfield in the passing game too. So there's nothing about either one of them being in the game that a defense can really kill. Both of them can pretty much run exactly the same play. You're just going to have a little bit different results. And so the fact that you can't really tell what they're doing with them when either one of those guys is in the game, and they're both just so damn good. I mean, it's like, uh, you know, <laughs> it's almost like you're just getting pounded and pounded and pounded, and you won't have an answer. Yeah. And, of course, you got Sean Payton calling the play, so he's keeping you off balance, too. Yeah. And like I said, all season, you know, the thing that, that you have to watch is because those two running backs have played so well, Drew Brees hasn't had to be the hero all year. No. So he's been able to kind of save up all his heroics for now. So even if you do find a way to shut down Kamara and Mark Ingram, now you got to deal with, with one of the best clutch guys in the game's history. Yeah. I mean, he ain't quite Brady, but when it's a bit enough in the game, you don't really want that guy having the football. I don't care what the defense looks like. And so it's just, I mean, they got so much offense. We already talked about how the defense is playing well, and uh, the rookie – uh, Lattimore is yeah. just playing out of his mind, the cornerback. And so now the defense is pulling his weight. To me, I just feel like this. I feel like the Panthers have been kind of up and down on offense, right? Yeah. Defense has been okay. Well, the Saints have been consistent on both sides of the football. Just because I know what I'm going to get out of them from week to week. Pretty much the only time that changed was when Kamara got hurt during the game against the Falcons. Yeah. You know, you can't foresee injuries like that. But week in and week out, you pretty much know what you're getting from the Saints on offense and defense. Yeah. 
Curry and picking them, but at the same time, if Cam Newton is home, then all bets are off. Yeah. The, the Panthers' defense has been pretty consistent this season, but it's hard to be – even when you're a consistently good defense, it's tough. it seems like it's tough to stop a rushing attack like the Saints have because eventually they just kind of grind you down at some point. They're going to break off a big play, you know? Yeah, always. It's almost inevitable. And even if they don't, then all of a sudden you don't key so hard on stopping them, here comes the play-action pass. And you're watching the ball sail over your head. Yeah. So, you know, Mike Thomas – to the guy that we don't talk about enough, uh, the wide receiver for yeah. the Saints. He's the key to this game. Yeah, and he's, you know, he's quietly one of the best damn receivers in the NFL. And you just don't, you know, he's not flashy. He doesn't do, you know, you don't see him on a lot of highlight reels. But, oh, lo and behold, you know, he's got 104 catches this season for 1,100 yards. I mean, he, he's producing. Oh, absolutely. And that's how he's going to be the X factor for them because, like I said, you almost have to key in on those running backs, and that's going to leave somebody on the eye. Yeah. And Drew Brees is, you know, he can still swing that ball when he needs to. Yeah, for sure. Well, you know, that's interesting, too, about those running backs is they catch a lot. I mean, Kamara has 81 catches this season. They, they Ingram has 58. I mean, they catch a lot of footballs, too. Oh, absolutely. And like I said, you can't tell which, which – What's going to happen based on who's in the game? They are very comfortable throwing the football to Mark Ingram. They're very comfortable letting Kamara run in between the tackles. So, you know, the game plan is wide open no matter who's in there. And that's what makes it so hard to key on. Yeah. Yeah, and that could be the difference. And that's why, I mean, that's why I think, you know, I wouldn't be surprised to see the Saints make a deep run in the playoffs this year either. Oh, look, I mean, if you're the Vikings, that's the team you really don't want to see, yeah. right? Um, and and especially Philadelphia. I've seen, you know, Nick Foles. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if anybody's been paying attention because, you know, the Eagles have kind of still been winning, but they haven't really winning, been winning because of Nick Foles. No. And so um, you got articles coming out now about how they're going to rebuild his confidence. Rebuild his confidence? <laughs> How? Like, what, what, what confidence? I, I haven't seen him play with confidence just yet. And so, I, I mean, I think Philly is going to be in trouble if they go up against a team like the Saints that can light up the scoreboard. You know, if they, if they, if they get a team like maybe uh, the, uh, the Panthers who aren't necessarily going to put 30, 40 points on the scoreboard, Maybe they have a shot, but if the Eagles have to outscore somebody with Nick Foles at quarterback, mm, not so much. <laughs> yeah, and there are, you know, most of the teams in that NFC field can score quite a bit of points. Right. I mean, I really feel right. like the Eagles are probably the weakest seed in the entire NFC. Well, hmm. Just because of the Foles thing, but I mean, I don't know. They're pretty well. They're a pretty well built team everywhere else on the roster. They are, and and that's why, like I said, I think that the team that has they have a chance against is the Panthers. Yeah. If they somehow face the Panthers in the playoffs, I kind of feel like because the Panthers are in a high scoring offense, 
say I have a chance. But everybody else, I mean, <laughs> imagine them against the Rams <laughs> with Foles at quarterback. Yeah. That could get ugly. <laughs> then Foles will pop back every play once they get behind. And here come Aaron Donald and Robert Quinn. Yeah. So I think I think that I think they would have a shot against the Panthers. I'm not even sure if that game could possibly happen. But against every other team that made it in, I just don't see it happening. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that could be a tough one. I don't know. The Vikings are an interesting team to me too. What do you, I mean? I know they don't play. Obviously, they're the other team in the NFC that doesn't play this weekend. But I mean, I, you look at the Vikings. How do you feel about their chances in the playoffs? What's the key for the Vikings to make a, a deep run here? Well, I mean, uh, their quarterback has to continue playing well, and and uh, you know, it took a long time for us to give him this prop. And admit that he was playing well, but he was. Yeah. Uh, and so, but the thing of it is, you know, Sam Bradford just came back to practice. He's not eligible to play yet. Yeah. So they have an active, active roster. But you already got Teddy Bridge Walker. Yeah. Who's back active now. And so, like I said before, even if uh, Keenan was to falter now, you have, you know, two quarterbacks that can come in and play well. I think. Yeah. But, you know, you have some weapons on that offense. They have a good running game with Murray and, and the other kid, uh, what's his name? The backup running back. Uh, McKinnon. And, and uh, the tight end is really good, mm-hmm. underrated. Adam Thielen is very good. I mean, they have talent on their offense. So, uh, you know, last year, it was the offensive line. The offensive line has been playing much better this year. Yeah. And I just think that, you know, I think, I know a lot of people are still skeptical about the Vikings, but at this point, they've been consistently kicking people's ass. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't expect that to change in the playoffs. No, and that defense is really, really good, too. I mean, it, it just, it, they've been lights out most of the season. Absolutely. And in every, uh, phase of the defense too. Yeah. Run, run game, pass game. I mean, you're not going to throw the football on them. You're just <laughs> not. They got two hard hitting safeties. They got two cover corners, and then they got their fierce pass rush up front. Yeah. So I mean, look, we're worried about you know keeping up with their team, but their defense will choke the life out of most offenses in this playoff. I mean, it's just not one guy that you can key on. They have key players all pretty much everywhere. So, and I like Sandejo. I like the other safety. Uh, he's one of the hitters in the game right now. Even though, you know, this is a time where everybody's getting those 15-yard ponies. Yeah. That dude still posts week in and week out. So, I mean, I, I love the Vikings and how they're set up right now. For the rest of the playoffs. Yeah, he's the one. He he's the one that got suspended by the team for game, or suspended for a game for that hit on Mike Wallace. But like you say, he's a big ass hitter. Every week, S- he don't care. He does not care. <laughs> I, I don't think he's a headhunter. I don't think he, you know, tries to spear no, guys. No, no. But he's gonna knock the shit out of him. Yeah, he he really lines him up. Um, let's. Uh, 
touch on the top two seeds. I, again, we'll see them both in action next week. But I did want to talk a little bit about you got the top two seeds in the AFC, and I think most people just sort of assume that at some point, <coughs> excuse me, we're going to get a Steelers-Patriots AFC championship game this year. Is that, I mean, is that, I mean, is that a foregone conclusion or, or are we just kind of wildly overestimating it? Well, I mean, if you look at the four teams playing this weekend, do you see anybody that you think can beat the Steelers or the Patriots? No. I don't. So, I mean, but anything can happen on paper, I'm saying. I don't think any of the four teams playing this weekend can beat the Patriots or the Steelers. And probably the winners this weekend will have some guys get hurt who won't be available to play those games anyway. Yeah. And so I think it's kind of a foregone conclusion. You do still have to play the games, but I just think that those two teams are the class of the AFC, and I think the next tier isn't really all that close. Yeah. No, for sure. And plus, if you see one of the that, I mean, that ought to be an interesting game anyway. Because you think about the you know, the way that their their week fifteen game went with the uh, with with the quote unquote non touchdown touchdown, and uh, you never know you never know what I mean. I wonder how many times the catch rule will come into play <laughs> this month. I wonder if we'll see it this weekend. Even please don't talk it up. Hey. <laughs> oh, yeah. you'd think, you'd think. Oh, I'm sure, I'm sure I saw Jeff Triplett's ref in one of the games, so I'm sure we'll get some crazy shit um, from from that department this weekend. It's, it's, a, it's like I say, that's probably the easiest prediction you could probably make in the postseason right now. <laughs> but. Man, I don't know. It's going to be a good week of games, man. I, I'm looking forward to it. the playoff. Playoff football is a is a special brand of football, and like I, it ought to, this weekend ought to be a good one. And we be in for an even better one next week. I just can't wait to see those fans in Duval <laughs> celebrating this weekend. Here's what I wonder: is like, all right, you got the bomb cyclone descending on the East Coast, and it sounds like the South part of it's really going to get hit pretty hard too, especially compared to the kind of weather they're used to even in January. Here's what I want to know. What's the prop bet? What's Vegas giving me as the over and under for people in the swimming pools at the Jaguars game this weekend? Oh, the swimming pool's going to be full. <laughs> look, I was told, look, there's nothing against the bill. I have to cheer for the Jaguars fans just because they ride so hard on Twitter. So, I mean, I'm all in. I'm cheering for everybody. I hope the over-under is like 100 people in the swimming pool and the Steelers are going to lose out because there's going to be more than 100 people in the swimming pool. Even though it's only 50 people. So that thing is going to tomorrow. They're going to do it this weekend. I can't wait. Oh, man. I, I, I wish I could be. I would, I, just to be in the parking lot at that game would be a fucking hoot. The only thing is, like I said, it's actually going to be cold here. I wish it was hot. If it was hot, it'd really be off the chain. Oh yeah. So you know they ain't used to all that. So it'll be interesting to see how they dress in the fans too. Trying to come at the weather. <laughs> I just you know really with the, with the Bills of the Jaguars getting those two fan bases. 
I I just don't know. I mean, I hope that they can keep the highways open on the East Coast because I tell you what, those fireball distributors are going to be working overtime this weekend. Oh, my goodness. They're going to be crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody. And this is where I feel respond. I, as I feel like we have to remind the fans out there, please have fun, but be responsible this weekend. Be responsible. Drink responsibly. <laughs> Drink responsibly, and at least that you have somebody to drive you. Please, please, please. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, it ought to be a good one. And uh, yeah, we'll have we. This is a. Uh, it's it's. This is. You forget the holidays, man. This is truly the most wonderful time of the year. So. All right, man. We uh we can reconvene next week, and we will have even more playoff football to talk about. Can't wait.